Welcome to the Radical Flow podcast. My name is Angela. Radical Flow is flow that's on a mission, and that mission is to create a much better reality for us all. Welcome to episode 16. What does it look like to be grounded in reality and wide open to what's possible? Now, you hear me say this all the time when I'm talking about flow and flow states. But what does it actually look like in real life? Today, I'd like to tell you a story. It's a personal story, and it happened to me when I was 24. Now, not only does this story illustrate what flow looks like, it illustrates what flow can do. So if you're open, grab a cozy beverage and I'll get started. I was 24 and common law married at this time. My husband and I, we had a transport business and some of our contracts were with Canada Post. Now of those contracts, some of them were for the delivery of rural route mail in the countrysides all around us. We were really ambitious. In fact, we doubled our revenues every year and increased our responsibility and complexity as we went. And as a result, well, we worked all the time and we were getting pretty burnt out. Now at the same time, we decided to expand and buy a farm, which again increased our responsibility and our debt. Then my partner's parents decided to relocate back to the area, and so they came to stay with us for about six months while they looked for the perfect home. Now, these were lovely people, but it, wow, it added to the pressure in the house, and I kind of always felt like I was on, never really had that downtime. Now, add to that, the price of fuel seemed to skyrocket overnight, so the cost of everything rose. Now the amount of money flowing out was exceeding the amount of money coming in. And add to that, my partner and I had no time for each other. Our relationship was suffering, our family was suffering. So day after day, I'd load up this freshly sorted mail and drive in circles on these rural routes delivering it. The pressure was really getting to me and I began to question, what is the point of life? Not in a suicidal kind of way, but more like in a what-for way. Soon, the questioning led to the question, well, what if I died? And I started to imagine my own funeral. Who'd come? What would they say? What kind of music would be played? Pretty soon, I started planning my own funeral in my head. I even made myself a mixtape with the songs I wanted. I know, I just dated myself. Day after day, I'd drive in these circles, singing these songs, and imagining this event. Somehow, this morbid fantasy gave me just the right escape from all this pressure. Then one day, my husband and his parents went off to a farm auction. They were going to buy all the machinery we needed. And if I could get that route done quicker, I'd get the house all to myself. I was so motivated. So I finished the route on the west side of town and I headed for the one on the east. And ahead of me was this train track with a train coming fast across my path. I sized it up. I knew I could make it. So I put my foot to the floor. Now when you drive these routes day after day, you get really good at estimating. And of course I made it. I flew across the tracks. The sound of the horn was blasting on the train. And then suddenly 
this little voice in my head said, you never know what might come along to keep you from something much worse. And I thought, what? Now I'll back up. I've always had this little voice in my head. It's coached me in card games, what to play when, it's made suggestions at the grocery store, and somehow it always seems to be right. But I was in a hurry, and that train and no little voice was going to slow me down. Now the whole route was like this. I had delays everywhere, but I just skillfully drove around them, still singing my songs and running that funeral through my mind. I got to this one mailbox toward the end of the route, and the little voice said, quite loudly, decide, do you want to live or die? Now chills ripped through my body, kind of like a wake-up call. What was I doing? I mean, like, wow, this was a total waste of time. And besides, of course I wanted to live. I was only 24. Next thing you know, I find myself cleaning up the cab of my truck. All the mail that was left in the box under the canopy got transferred into the back seat and everything loose got put away. And that tape, well, it got ejected out of the cassette player and thrown onto the dash. And I drove on. Next thing you know what, I'm out on the highway. I pull over to the right side of the road, jump out, throw mail in a box, and then jump back in the truck. And all of a sudden, this little voice says, you could wait. Again, I'm thinking, what? The next stop is just a few feet ahead and on the left side of the highway, which means I'm going to pull out, drive a little ways down the road, and then make a left-hand turn into a driveway. I size it up. There's this vehicle coming up behind me, but he's quite a ways back. Coming towards me is an antique blue car, and then further down the road behind him is a semi. I've got tons of time. I pulled out, drove ahead, flipped my left signal on, and waited for that blue car to go past. At the same time, I'm noticing that this red, full-sized Ford Bronco is getting pretty big in my rearview mirror and he doesn't seem to be slowing down or pulling over to the side. Suddenly, things start changing. The antique blue car decides it's also going to pull into that driveway, and so it starts to slow. So I size it up again. I'm still good. The moment he pulls into the driveway, I'm going to pop the clutch and run in right behind him. But the Bronco is getting really big in the mirror. So I start rolling forward and hugging that center line. And the little voice says, you could take the ditch. Well, now I'm mad. Shut up, I'm concentrating. And then it all changed again. Instead of pulling into the driveway, the blue car blocked it. And now the semi was too close. The little voice said, relax, take the hit. And this vision of bumper cars filled my mind, calming me, while this cool sensation of this kind of thick, liquidy, gray substance flowed through my brain. I was so calm. That red Ford Bronco hit the back passenger side of my Chevy S10. It drove right under me, causing my vehicle to flip up into the air, do a full 360 in the air backwards, while also doing a 180-degree flip over onto its roof. My left arm gripped the steering wheel while my right hand was on the shifter. 
my body flew back, broke my seat, and I bent that steering wheel back 45 degrees. My head popped through the back window and dented the cab. Somehow I stayed in the vehicle. When I woke up, I was laying on the inside roof, which of course was now upside down on the road. How I stayed in that vehicle, I don't know. I had no seatbelt on. Back then, there was no law and delivery drivers never wore them. When I came to, I just wanted to cry, but the little voice said, now crawl out. And so I did. I stumbled over to the blue car. I remember scolding the driver. And then I wandered into the ditch on the opposite side of the road to find the Bronco. The driver was pinned with the emergency brake pedal through his leg. His wife was fine. She'd been sleeping in the passenger seat and was completely unscathed. Apparently, they ran a hotel in a nearby town and had been up all night. Whether he fell asleep or was gazing into the field, I don't know. But he didn't see me. He never touched his brakes or swerved and instead hit me doing 120 kilometers an hour. He didn't see me. The blue car didn't see me. Nobody saw me. But soon, a police officer found me and helped me back to his car. And I could hear myself telling him the details. All the while, I was sitting there marveling at this entire situation, having the realization that I had co-created this. Our three vehicles converged in an exact moment in time to have this experience. Day after day, all that pressured energy got fully focused toward my funeral. And when I hit the road that day, I was driving straight at it. All I could think was, if I can create this, I can create anything. Now, I could stop my story here, after, of course, I tell you that the other driver ended up okay, as did I, only with a left pulled arm and some whiplash. But stopping here misses the bigger picture. From the moment I crossed that train track, my little voice was trying to slow me down, to get me to make different choices, and in the end, to firmly choose my focus, life or death. Somehow, some part of me was seeing from a much bigger vantage point and in real time knowing how my actions at one moment were going to affect me three hours later. Yes, the little voice in my head. We are not limited to the little bit we think we know. We're connected in real time to an unfolding where implications are seen and created in the moment. Now, of course, our human mind could never possibly hold the vastness of every possibility. And while we don't need to, we simply have to find that spot, that, that beautiful place, and practice sitting in the point where we're grounded in reality and wide open to what's possible, the place from which we flow. It doesn't matter now what direction my little voice suggests I go, I follow it. Now you might be saying, well, that's nice for you. You've got a little voice. 
But that's just my own personal way of perceiving. You see, my physical sense of hearing is integrated with my intuitive sense of speaking. That's what happens when you find this merge point. Physical senses dovetail or interface with intuitive senses. Your human persona and your conscious soul, they merge and become one. You flow. And wherever you focus, you go. Now, by having that experience and growing to understand it, and many others that have followed, I've learned that I can create anything. And when I'm grounded in what is and fully open to what's possible, I'm directed by a much bigger part of me. I'm guided in the flow. And if I'm guided in the flow, so are you. Now more than ever, we need conscious creators. We need everyone in the flow. Thank you for listening to the Radical Flow podcast. I would love it if you would share it and help me expand its reach. And until next time, we'll see you in the flow.